I just want to say I have my tasting notes ready, and I haven't tasted the coffee yet. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. I'm David Harris, and joining me today are Daniel, John Seth, Skyler, and Mike. Last week, we introduced the coffee segment of this podcast, and this week, I've brought in a coffee from Honduras. The company is Proud Mary Coffee, and we're going to ask Skyler and Mike to take a sip first to tell us what their tasting notes are, because What did you say it was? Them. It's from Honduras, and the company is Proud Mary Coffee. It's very sketchy. Does anybody else have Creedence Clearwater kind of running through their head right now? They get a free pass, though, because Ooh, they're from man. Portland, and Portland is... Uh, hey, CCR. You don't mess with CCR. Yeah, back, <laughs> back sorry, off. Sorry, bro. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> right, Proud Mary. Okay, Keeps here we on go. Burning. Here we go. My hey, that's, that's really good. Fellas? <laughs> what, would <you> say <laughs> your, what would you say your tasting notes are, Mike? <laughs> The, the uh, <laughs> it's not as fermented as the last stuff you made. Oh man, I gotta tell a quick story. The other day in the office, I brought in some coffee from a company called Methodical Coffee. Methodological, me- yeah, me- <laughs> mythological, <laughs> methodological, whatever you want to call it. It's actually methodical. It's a, it was like a light roast, and uh, it was just one of those coffees that if you're a coffee guy, you know, it's like really, just really, uh, what's the word? Intense. Bad. <laughs> incorrect complex there you go that's the word i was looking for it's very complex tasting mike took a sip he like shook his head really quick and looked me straight in the eye and was like that's not coffee <laughs> like what is this it, wasn't. it, it was, was amazing it was like somebody had left the vinegar that they used to clean the coffee pot out in the coffee pot and then made coffee on the vinegar i want to know how john seth and daniel feel about it this is pretty good i, I like, like this better than the methodical me too. It's Which good. I actually good. liked. Right. It did right. actually taste like coffee. Yeah. This one's still outside of like traditional coffee taste to me, but it's not quite so out there. I just don't understand how you guys, you like, you always talk bad about flavored coffee and then you brew flavored coffee. Uh, this is coffee flavored coffee, Mike. <laughs> no, no. This There's is, nothing else in it. It's just coffee. I I know. And if you think about it, this is closer to the true taste of coffee because you're roasting it less. You're Amen. introducing less of the roasty taste. Which is why Maxwell House and Folgers are so popular. <laughs> because that is what coffee is supposed to taste like. <laughs> because people don't know better. That's right. Amen. Amen. David, can you explain to our listeners, to Mike, <laughs> what the different roasts are? Okay, so... First of all, if you don't know this, coffee comes from a little coffee cherry, kind of like a fruit. The coffee beans are like the seed from those fruits. And so when the coffee roaster gets these beans and they're green and they're like the seeds from a fruit, this is real. Scholars look at me very You've skeptical. lost me. <laughs> bear with me. Bear with me. So when they roast it, the less amount of time you roast it, you retain some of those more like fruity flavors. The more you roast it, the more you introduce more of that roasty, smoky kind of a flavor, which is why Duncan, Maxwell House, Folgers, they roast them for quite a long time. 
and you get that traditional American coffee taste. A long, 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 long time. Exactly. But there's this recent movement called the third wave coffee movement where people like the lighter roasts because it's just got that really interesting, complex taste. Some people don't like it, but I love it. John Seth loves it. And Daniel likes all uh, all coffee. I mean, I don't think he's really picky. So, For the record, I think this Proud Mary coffee is really, really good, by the way. Good. I just I can't figure out what the the tang or there's kind of a tang or a fruit, mm-hmm. some kind of tangy fruit taste there yeah. that I yeah, can't, I taste I can't distinguish. What does the, what did, what did the proud Mary say? It's tasting notes of it were the tasting notes on the bag were apricot, black tea, caramel, and floral floral. The floral. florals all I've got there. Yeah, yeah. Same. I'm not tasting apricot. Neither or, am I. Uh, and going back to caramel. last week, tasting notes are a sales gimmick. Amen. I will stand by that. Anyway, I'm glad that most of us like it. Skylar, you can go and pour your coffee into the mug you brought in with the French vanilla creamer so that you can actually enjoy what I brought in. You can fill my cup up too if you wanted to. I, I'm almost finished with it. I mean, I'm, I'm getting there. You got it. Take me the whole episode, but. <laughs> almost finished. He's barely, you know, he's barely hit it. Sips. I can, it was, I can it see was how up, much is It was there. up there. I mean, you filled it up much more than I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, anyway, we'll move to the next part of the podcast, which is a form submitted question. Someone went on our website. We've gotten really good response to that, by the way. Uh, we've gotten a lot of questions and, and different thoughts submitted on our website regarding the podcast. Uh, can we wanted can to, someone send in like a really juicy question? Just like one that... Like a terrifying... Can we have yeah, a podcast like a that doesn't one. use the word juicy? <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, the que- the actual question is maybe it's not as great as John Seth wants it to be, but it's if money were no object, where would you travel and why? I guess I can go and start. Uh, I think if money were no object, I would want to go to Scotland. I don't really have a specific reason for that. I've just always like my entire life that has been like my number one bucket list place to go is Scotland. I just think the culture is really cool. Could have Braveheart could have something to do with it. Let's be honest, but I just, I don't know. I've always wanted to go there. It seems like a great, great place to visit. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd, I'd like Scotland, but I think um, if I if money were no object, it's it's really a, to, a, to, a toss up for me because nothing is ever definitive. Um, but but Australia would be a, a kind of a cool place to go um, because I just think it would be cool to see like kangaroos in the wild. The spiders are too big. <clears throat> that is true. That is true. There are things that that will kill you there. Um, all of the things want to kill all, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> everything. Yeah, but we have snakes in America. That's true. Okay. That's true. Um, but I would really like to go to the to the I don't even know where they are but I see pictures all the time of these like hotels or these resorts that are out over the water and you like stay over the water and they've Fiji. got glass floors Fiji yeah someplace like that I, I would love to go that there and, and spend a couple of weeks that'd be really good and because Judy likes the sun and the the water and the beach kind of thing I think it'd be a good uh, a good place for us to go and hang out for a while yeah Skyler let the record show I finished that cup of coffee. I'm impressed yes with no applause creamer I mean, wow. He's crying a little bit now. But it's, so it kind of hangs in there. Are, are you just going to drink the straight creamer now? Well, I'm waiting. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for the next episode. <laughs> I might need some water though. <laughs> for me, I would uh, I would go to Europe, and like Mike, it's hard to narrow it down to one place. But just the history, I've I've been to Italy, and I didn't see enough of it. So I'd I'd love to go back there. Um, but just you know, Germany. England, France. I'd I'd love to see some of the history, some of the museums. 
would be your first stop then? Rome. That'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I was there for about a day and a half, and it was nowhere near long enough. Yeah, wow, that'd be sick. That was what I had down as well. Somewhere in Europe, uh, it's hard to narrow it down. I, I mean, I, I put Ireland as a as an option, mm. um, awesome. but anywhere in Europe, I would be. It would be awesome. I would go to Japan, and this is newer for me because I would, for the past like four years, Scotland has been my destination that I want to get to. But recently, I've discovered. Japanese art, just never really been into it, never really looked into art at all. But I've started to really appreciate Japanese art. And I found out that one of the biggest, uh, you guys would call it hipster coffee movements. Maybe you probably wouldn't even call it a movement, but there's really, really good coffee that is starting to pop up all over Japan. Mm -hmm. And so it would be Super awesome to go to Japan, see. I mean, there's all the history of Japan. It's beautiful everywhere in Japan, and so to see to see that would be awesome. And to then to you know drink coffee, but then it would be like three way tie between Scotland, New Zealand, and Australia. Those are kind of always a destination for me. Yeah. And David took Scotland first, so he had to come yeah. up with something else. Ah, no, I have Japan first with an exclamation point next to it, <laughs> and nice. it's underlined. And yeah. I'm not so sure that I've ever decided that I wanted to go to a place because of the coffee. Yep. Right. Uh, I, now I would mm. I pick like places to go in the summer in the United States um, as you know the city that I choose will have a major league baseball team who is playing in town on that particular week. Yep. Yep. It's never been part of the criteria, but it sure helps. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I am waiting for somebody from this staff to make a resolution at the Southern Baptist Convention this year that all future Southern Baptist Conventions take place in a city with a major league professional baseball team. Amen. I can do that. I would venture to say, for me, this coffee is more exciting than baseball. Amen. Anyway, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) That's just me. John Seth, is coffee more exciting to you than soccer? (laughs) I think it is for me. Nothing. Definitely for me. Nothing. In the world, <laughs> it's more exciting to me than soccer, other than my wife and my kids. And Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. He fits in there somewhere, I'm sure. Oh you see, I operate in just a, you know, a climate of Jesus at all times, uh, so he goes without safe. being said. That's, That's what Mike did, because he didn't bring his Bible to the podcast, <laughs> so just internalized it all. That's right. That's amazing. Well, it's time for John Seth to read the mystery index card that has our banter topic for the day. So whenever he's ready. I feel like we need a drum roll. Drum roll. Topic, down arrow. (laughs) You only get to keep two sitcoms. Which two will you choose? Mike, let's start with you. Two? Every... Another binary choice. But everything is always Mount Rushmore, which means you at least get four. But I can I think I can narrow this down. Two sitcoms. You want to start us off? Can I guess your first one? Oh, I I, oh, I, I can, can guess, guess two of them. Yeah. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. What's your guess, John? So? My guess is one of them has to be Seinfeld. One of my guesses is it has to be Big Bang Theory. Big yeah. Bang Theory, definitely. Yeah. Big Bang Theory is number one. Interesting. Now at, there was a time when Seinfeld would have been it. You quote Seinfeld literally every single day in almost every conversation. How is it not your number one? That's true. Well, but quotable doesn't mean the whole series has to be your favorite. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like right. just because it's got tons of that. quotes in it doesn't yeah. mean that That's true. it's your favorite. Yeah. But I, I think, um, I think I am going to have to stay with, I'll stay with Big Bang Theory. Man, it's tough though. Um, Big Bang Theory and Seinfeld. Yeah. We'll go with those two. Hmm. What okay. was the one that you were? Well, there's, well, you probably know. Um, uh, on my Mount Rushmore, Friends is somewhere on that, yeah. on that, um, that scale. Uh, the Office. Uh, only because I have to uh, not be thrown out of this podcast, I have to mention the office. Right. Yes, correct. That's, um, yeah, that's correct. So. It's overrated. I would say. Uh, speaking of friends, HBO Max, uh, the reunion coming yes. out Thursday, uh, beginning the free trial. My wife. Is Sorry, very HBO Max. About that. <laughs> <laughs> um, friends is the most quotable for me. It's just because I remember it the most. I remember each episode and, and such. Um, and then the office, Parks and Rec is up there. That would be right. on your Mount Rushmore. Uh, well, are we doing Mount Rushmore? We're doing two. We're, We're doing, doing two. two. Okay. But well, I mean, since he brought I it always up. tweak yeah. the the topic yeah. uh, to fit the answer I want to give. There's a so. whole group of sitcoms that I, I would consider up there. Parks and Rec and, and The Office are, are up there. And my only problem with Friends, and and, a, and again, it's very quotable for me as well. But there there were a couple of seasons. I think in the '90s when that was being written, there were a couple of seasons where there was like a writer strike or something like that, and it kind of there's a couple of seasons in the middle of it that I could just skip over. Um, but other than that, I think the, the entire, the entire, you know, storyline of that. And, and there are some real quotable scenes. In we there. were on a break. Yeah. <laughs> All right, David. Oh, my turn. Thought we were going in a circle here. The only I'll, I'll that would have made much yeah. more sense, but yeah, I know, that's all right. It says for we'll me to up. ask each person. Yes. John Skyler's facilitating. So he's taking charge. That's right. Fair enough. Mine. I do not have to think for like two seconds. It is very clearly number one, the office number two parks and recreation. I think the office is the best sitcom of all time. And I think, I don't know. They're the same parks and rec in the office. They're the same. Mm. Good try. No, no parks and rec is better. Oh my gosh. That, I have flip flop. Is it my turn yet? I was going to have some Daniel? Of a hot Daniel. take that nobody agrees. With. I, I have gonna... flip flop before I have made parks and rec my number one for a period of time. But then, I don't know, like every time I watch The Office for a while, I'm like, okay, there's no way that this, is, I mean, like The Office is just hands down the best. It's just the best. It's hilarious. That's to me, the right answer. Yes. Again, I didn't watch Friends growing up or any of any of those. So I've watched them like now, but for me, because I didn't watch it growing up and I don't have that like nostalgia effect or whatever, it's kind of dated the humor. And I feel like it's still funny for people that grew up on it or like grew up during that time period. But for me, I mean... It's funny, but it just seems dated, so it's not as funny as it maybe is for other people. One so. that I don't think is mentioned enough that I think is actually really funny is Everybody Loves Raymond. I think that's a really funny show. I've never watched it. Yeah. Hmm. All right, John Seth, who's going next since David. you're running the show? That's right. Thank you, David. Okay, so it's time for David. the right answer now. Now it's your um, turn. Community is the best sitcom. Oh. It's funny. Sitcom. Wah, wah, wah. Now, for number two, that's a little bit harder. Uh, I think I would go with Parks and Rec, but Office deserves an honorable mission, and so does Arrested Development. Yes, oh, yes, that's that's Arrested weird. Development so is, is just, that's a good, yeah, good honorable. If mention. we're gonna go with just the original run before extra seasons are added on, um, Arrested Development probably wins for me. It's hilarious. The Office is fantastic, but there are boring episodes of The Office. I, I, I know. See, that's I would say that about Community. Same. Agreed. I think there's more boring episodes on the first season of Community because I only watched the first season because it's terrible. 
and it's boring. Anyways, since I'm uh, hosting this question section, it's now Community my turn. Community is just as as <laughs> complex as the oh coffee you brought in. That's why maybe Sorry, you don't I haven't it. I haven't maybe ascended to the humor it. of community yet. I'm I you're right. That's my bad. <laughs> my it's, it's not our fault that you subscribe to the Folgers of sitcoms. So. <sighs> well played, sir. Wait, that did he hurtful. say did you say what your top two were? No, yet? I haven't. Oh, so how do we know? Well, mine's are easy. My, my, mine's are mine's, easy. Mine's <laughs> Dang it. Grammar matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, that's fine. Just yeah, leave it fine. in there. See that that made sense in my brain. <laughs> All right, number one, number one, The Office, number two, Parks and Rec. Amen. I will say, Parks and Rec, the episode, Bye Bye Little Sebastian, (laughs) that is my all-time favorite episode of any TV show ever. And that is a great episode. That's a great episode. Now, you're wrong about the rest of it, but... I understand people who get The Office and Parks and Rec, like those two, like, I, I I understand people who would put Parks and Rec above The Office. I don't understand people who put community anywhere in the top five. Amen. But this is the first time we've disagreed on From these things. From the music guy. <laughs> Dude, Andy Dwyer, Ron Swanson, Leslie, come, come on. on come man. on. They're um, incredible. Anyway. But the extra seasons were just bad. No. I will say the first couple of seasons of Parks and Rec are not nearly as good as the rest. Like to me, when Ben and Chris Traeger enter, then it gets like really good. But that's just me. That's why Office is number one. Anyway. We'll move on to a less uh, divisive topic. Another form submitted uh, question that we got in on the website um, was Hebrews and Isaiah really seem to complement each other well. Any thoughts on that? They are, are both part of the same. Wow, I can just now hear myself for the first time. That's really weird. Huh. I've been hearing you the whole I've time. I've been hearing you the whole time, so I think we're good. I'm pretty sure. Do you think <laughs> we need to stop it and listen? No. no. Okay. no. He didn't have... Anything. I yeah. mean, community. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if he didn't show up, I mean, it doesn't matter if we heard what he said. <laughs> I've just discovered that they've had me muted this whole time. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Anyways, as soon as Mike's done, we lost Mike. Sorry. <laughs> Brief intermission. Yeah. yeah. Cue the elevator music for five seconds. Okay. Anyways. Uh. So Hebrews and Isaiah complement each other uh, in part, I think, because they're all part of the same big story. So, you know, the, the creation, fall, redemption, restoration, uh, every scripture, all scripture points to Jesus. And so in some ways, they're naturally going to come together. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a theme that runs through, you know, through the entirety of the Old Testament prophets that the Gospels, you know, clearly say Christ fulfills. And so, so there's going to be some commonality there just because of, of the common themes that run through it. I, I just kind of kind of was thinking about that. Isaiah uh, is is warning about an empty religion, uh, one that's that's devoid of faith, um, and and so he's calling the people to repent. Hebrews is actually doing the same thing, wow. saying don't go back to that empty religion. That, that and you can almost extend it that that the prophet Isaiah warned y'all about in the first place. You know, <laughs> right. so that's how those yeah. two things kind of go together. Um, 
you know, that, so they're, they're talking about religion and the emptiness of religion, religious ritual that has no faith attached to it. Uh, Don't, don't get trapped in that. Right. The theme of Hebrews has been that Jesus is better than religious ritual. That's what we talk about every Sunday morning. And Isaiah is calling people to trust in God alone for salvation and security. He calls God's people to repentance and warns them of what is to come if they put their trust in temporal things. Um, and both have that common theme of Jesus is better and I, with Isaiah pointing toward a coming Messiah while Hebrews points us back to what Christ has done through his son. Yeah. And Mike That's said good. on Sunday, and y'all can tell me if I'm off base here, but Mike said, uh, what something you would learn in public speaking, they would tell you, tell the, tell the people what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And I feel like because Isaiah is looking forward to this thing that has happened and then it happens. And then Hebrews is talking about what happened and what we're living in now. Um, that is a kind of a summary of the whole story of, of, yeah. of history and of the Bible. And I just think that might be another reason why they complement each other so well. Yeah, that, that's really I, I good. That the, good. The Old Testament is God telling us what he's going to tell us. Yeah. Then in Christ, he tells us. Mm. And then the rest of the New Testament is telling us what he told us. Right. So that, that's really good, Dave. And I'm glad you picked up on that. Hello. I think especially in the last few chapters of Isaiah, we've seen how uh, we, we've seen Isaiah uh, or God warning through Isaiah of, of what happens when Jesus is not better. Mm. Um, mm. So I, I think that that's kind of we've kind of that's had good. a in these uh, pronouncements and judgments that we get chapter after chapter, I think we're kind of seeing that each, each week. That's good. Y'all are on it today. <laughs> I'd like to read Isaiah 20 for you. <laughs> the entire thing. Really. <laughs> no, um, um, what's, let's see. Uh, that has been as a challenge. My servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years as a sign. Let's go. Uh, naked and barefoot with buttocks uncovered, the nakedness of Egypt. Let that bless your heart. <laughs> hey, my, my man's a free spirit. Yeah, I feel that, was a, a, let's go. that was a fun passage to preach. For oh, sure. my gosh. What, what better way to segue into the next topic? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Enough said. Enough said. So we're going to continue our series on the church this week. And last week, we talked about what the church is. Uh, today, we want to talk about the purpose of the church. I think it depends on the, depending on which book you read, uh, there are, there are different words that are used to describe the purposes of the yeah. church, but most, yeah. most of the time we narrow them down to, to at least five. Um, and we can, we can kind of take them one at a time. I think first and foremost is always uh, worship. Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter four, that the father is seeking those who will worship him. And, and so I think first and foremost, the church gathers, for worship as a reflection of the worship that is continually taking place in the throne room of heaven. I mean, every time the Bible opens up, kind of peels back the, the layers of, of the heavens and allows the prophets or whomever to see into that throne room of grace, what's always taking place is worship. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I think as a, a reflection of that, the church, one of the purposes of the church is worship. Why? Because the father is seeking those who will worship him. Um, so that's, that's one of them. First one. Yeah, I, I think some aspect too of worship that really drives me as a believer in thinking. I mean, growing up, I didn't know that worship was more than just singing songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that that's what worship was, and we call it worship music. That's that's what we do. But when learning the realization that my whole life is to be an offering of worship, right? And so, as believers, as the church, the gap, like we talked about last time, is it's the gathered people. And that means it's 
not just inside the walls that we worship and that that function of the church plays itself out is through worship in a congregation, but also as our life, we are living a worshipful life. And so I, I seeing that aspect of it, that it is the gathered inside the church walls. I love that we're, we're ending our service like that now. Like we're been the church inside these walls. It doesn't, our worship doesn't stop when we walk outside. It follows with us. Now there, that that's a different aspect to worship, uh, as well as the what you're talking about, or as we're talking about of the church as a whole, when we come at the the meeting time, there is an aspect that this is worship too. There's a different aspect. Yeah. Well, depending on the translation you use, Romans twelve two talks about you know living out your life every day in obedience to Christ because yeah. of a, a transformed mind, yeah. a renewing of the mind, and a transformed right. heart. That that obedience to Christ is the acceptable worship. Yeah, and again, right. depending on what translation you use, that that word worship is is listed yeah. in there. Worship and service in that sense kind of go hand in hand. That's right. That's good. So, so worship is the one. I think the other one that leads right into that would be mission. Yeah. Um, some yeah. some uh, books might use the word evangelism, you know, going and making converts or whatever. But but mission. I, I love what Piper John Piper says about mission. How those two things tie together. The reason mission exists is because there are places in the world where worship doesn't. Amen. And so so again, that's why I kind of put worship at the top of that list of the purposes of the church because it's a, a direct reflection of what's taking place in the heavens. Uh, but then mission comes right after that. Because there are places in the world where worship doesn't reflect the glory of God, where there is no worship yet. Yeah, and so right. mission and evangelism for me kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we see both of those in the, in the great commandment and the great yeah. commission. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, uh, and then go and make disciples. These, mm-hmm. I think those are the two commandments for individual believers and also for the church. Well, and I think the most loving thing we can do to because love one another, love your neighbors as yourself, love your enemies as yourself. The the best thing that we can do, the most loving thing that we can do, is take them this knowledge of a love for God. Absolutely. I, I think when thinking of the context of the local church gathering together, mission and what I love about the mission of the church, like it doesn't change. Like God has one mission, and not. All the different local churches don't have all different missions. We all have the same mission, which is what exactly you just said, Daniel, is you know, love God and love others by taking the gospel to them. Go make disciples of all nations. And so I think the thing that really gets me about this function of the church and what I love and what we've all talked about before is that mission and it, it isn't a program of the church. It's like I love that we put it here because it's one of the purposes of the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can lose sight of that if we're not careful. Yeah, I, I th- and, and I, you're exactly right. I think that's why we need to define these purposes of the yeah. church because yeah. then the purposes of the church is what drives exactly. program and right. budget right. And, right. and schedule that's and right. busyness and all of those things. Yep, that's right. And so we've got we've got worship, we've got mission that that drives that, uh, that or that flows from that. Um, and then you also mentioned uh, another word: the, the mandate is to go and make disciples. So the the third purpose of the church is discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we make disciples. Dave, what do you think yes. about that? Well, I mean, part of this could be oversimplifying it a little bit, but something just personally that is vital for my walk is just, we talked about discipleship. People invest, I think part of that is investing in each other. Yes. And yeah. I need that encouragement from my brothers and sisters. And how am I going to get that if I'm not meeting together with them? Right. And so, I think, it, and this goes back to 
the weekly gathering and, and, and part of the, during the week getting together and stuff like that too. Um, but just a part of that coming together for me is people investing in me, me investing in people. Because if I'm isolated and I just say like, this is my personal faith and I never meet with the church together, um, then I'm going to end up just being drained and I'm going to end up becoming complacent and it's just going to be a train wreck, you know? So like part of it, again, maybe oversimplifying it, but just encouraging mm-hmm. one another, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's oversimplifying no. it at all. Well, I, I think when we think about discipleship too, we think about life groups and, and, and D groups and all of those things. So small group environments, which are discipleship, absolutely. And next gen ministries and those type of things. But our, our worship gathering every single week is an integral yep. part yep. of that's right. your discipleship, uh, being there, being in attendance and, and worshiping together with other believers, with one another, uh, is part of the discipleship experience yeah. there. Right. Yeah. Jesus set the, Jesus actually set the example for us. I mean, he had 12 <laughs> yes. around him they, that were literally called disciples. I mean, they were, they were learners, they were followers, and they were told, you know, and, and they were discipling in a way that is totally foreign to us. Oh, I mean, yeah. Jesus said, drop everything and follow me. Oh, yeah. Um, it, we, we tend to work him into our, our schedule. <laughs> um, but, so, so Jesus has these disciples and I love what, what Skylar brings out. Don't forget that the worship part of that, it, discipleship isn't just something that happens outside. I think that there's an organic element to discipleship. There's a programmed element to discipleship, but every time Jesus and the 12 went to Jerusalem, where'd they go? They went right to the temple. They did, they didn't neglect worship. Um, as if worship was something separate or compartmentalized from discipleship. Mm-hmm. Jesus incorporated mm-hmm. worship into uh, his discipleship plan for his, his students as well. And so again, all of those things, all, all of these five purposes really are, are tied together, mm-hmm. um, and demonstrated well in how, uh, I mean, Jesus set the example for his church. He was, he was calling his 12 to, to create something that, that was going to last for centuries. So we got worship and mission and discipleship. Uh, the fourth one that I, I have here is service, mm. um, because as you grow in Christ, as you are discipled, um, if you look at if you look at Jesus's examples, he he did stuff, he did ministry, he did miracles. Then he invited his disciples to participate. So Jesus did stuff. He turned water into wine. We'll just use the miracles in John. Jesus turned water into wine. Um, he just did that himself. Th- then later on, Jesus feeds five thousand, and guess what? The disciples are a part of that. They're the ones going out finding finding this stuff. They're the ones distributing it. They're the ones collecting it. They're the ones seeing the benefits of doing service alongside of Jesus. And then later on, Jesus releases them to go and do the things themselves. They come back saying, man, we did some things we had never imagined us being able to do. So Jesus did it. Then he then he partnered with them to do it. And then he released them to go and do it themselves. And that, I think, is exactly what he does in the context of the church yeah. as well. He We do this thing called church. Um not just to consume, not just to be served, but to serve. And, and so that service is the fourth. We, if we're not developing an attitude of serving the kingdom through the local church, then we're missing out on one of the purposes of the church. Absolutely. I think all of yours logically lead into one another. You're right. You know, cause, ser- cause if service isn't present, that's not a good sign at all. I mean, that might, yeah. that might mean that your worship is not authentic worship. That might mean that those other things aren't actually present in your right. life. So. Right. That's good. That's awesome. Then, then I think the, the fifth one is, is fellowship. Um, 
and, and again, it's, it's kind of cliche, but kind of doing life together and hanging out together. Fellowship kind of, kind of drives some of this stuff. Unfortunately, I think too many, uh, too many churches and where churches kind of lose their way is when, when fellowship makes its way to the top of this list. When in fact, fellowship to me is almost a byproduct of these other yeah. four. It should be anyway. Yeah. Um, it should be a part of every one of the others. That's right. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. A, a byproduct of, of everything else that the, the church is doing, not, not the purpose of it. And, yeah. and, and I think too often we see, even in the context of local churches, um, there are elements within that church whose sole purpose is fellowship. And, and I think that's when you run the risk of creating, you know, the proverbial country club mentality in the mm-hmm. context of a church membership has its privileges. Well, what privileges are those? Well, we get access to all of these great facilities to be able to do whatever we want. And, and sometimes, see, I think all church fellowship, uh, I think there are times when we should get together, just hang out and have a great time, but it should always be done under the, under the umbrella of, of the, the overall purposes of, of the church. That's right. We, well, I, I don't think we can, if you look those. at the disciples and Jesus, yeah. like there were times when they went to party, you know, right? they were just having fun together. Like right. they party in the sense of fellowship. Right. Like, right. It, it's, that was a part of their journey. Yes. They, uh, they broke being bread together. They, yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they broke bread together. More bread often together. than you may think at first. If you read through the three years that Jesus was here, they were always eating together somewhere. Right. right. And every other aspect of what Mike brought up was present in their exactly. lives along yeah. with that. That's right. So. And, and here's where I think sometimes the church misses out on fellowship opportunities. If you read through the Gospels, the fellowship that Jesus was enjoying with his disciples, he was often enjoying in the context of a non-believer's home. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so, Ooh. so if you think about fellowship in those terms, should the church even be doing any kind of fellowship that's not geared towards inviting? I mean, if, if, if the gospel comes with a key, uh, as, as one book, uh, that, that we've had on our book table before says, then, then maybe that fellowship and that hospitality, that idea of hospitality and fellowship are tied together mm-hmm. so that, um, so that we could, we could, use fellowship as a part of the the mission so that it ties directly into the, yeah. the mission of Christ, not creating um, uh, projects out of people, yeah. but, but s- just sincerely and truly opening up our homes and just being, uh, being engaged with people um, who might think differently than we think, or yeah. might look differently than we look. Um, and not just to advance the gospel, but to, but to better ourselves. Um, in, in that sense. And so I, I think sometimes the church misses the opportunity, yeah. especially in a Baptist church where fellowship is made up of fried chicken and casseroles. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think that our fellowship, uh, here at Parkview is, is done very well. We've, we've always done things, even with our, our things like Wednesday night dinners, they've always been available to our community. We've always been active in trying to involve our community in those kind of things. And so I, I just think that, uh, that an outward focus, uh, in every, uh, in every one of these things is important and fellowship is included in that. Now that's five. Um, Chuck Lawless, who was uh, one of my professors when I was at, at Southern, um, uh, he's now at Southeastern uh, uh, Seminary. He wrote a book called Discipled Warriors, and and most of most of the books on the purposes of the church, they'll include these five, and then they'll kind of talk about these five taking place um, either under the umbrella of this thing called prayer or or as a foundation to all of these things is prayer. Chuck Lawless actually adds prayer uh, and, and defines it as one of the purposes of the church. That's that good. One of the things that the church should <laughs> be doing together, one of its purposes is is prayer. Um, and, and I think 
I think he makes a valid point that we need to be intentional about our prayers. I, I think, yeah. I hope that we do a good job of being intentional uh, about, about the word of God and, and the prayers to God in, in our worship mm. together. Um, but, but I think prayer is foundational to, to all of these things, but it also is one of the primary, the church should be praying together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I had, um, a verse here that's just kind of a picture of the early church in Acts 2, verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so there, included in that, we see they devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And so I don't, I didn't yeah. intend to bring that out, but right. what you just said, I mean, yeah. there it is right there, that's too. Right. Yeah. That's, right. that's where my mind went, too, was they, the early church, it says they devoted themselves to this. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Mike, because that's oftentimes overlooked. Mm-hmm. Right. Is having a, an attitude or a heart of prayer. Yeah. And uh, man, that's, that's convicting. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and one thing that, that we would be, be remiss to, to leave out in talking about the purposes of the church is very, we, we, at least in our culture, we get in the, in the mindset that this church is a place that we go to this, this church in this particular context, we kind of compartmentalize the whole idea of the institutional church and the institutional church is responsible for worship and mission and discipleship and service and fellowship. And we forget mm-hmm. that the church isn't defined by the institution. The, the church is defined by those ha- that we said last time uh, are regenerated, those whose hearts have been uh, been entrusted to Christ, those who, uh, because of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, now have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. We are the church. Yeah. And so Amen. these aren't just the, the purposes of this thing called Parkview. These are the purposes of every individual who has aligned <laughs> themselves with this thing called Parkview. It's every individual's purpose. Uh, in Christ to worship, to be on mission, to be involved in discipleship, as David said, both in, in having somebody invest in you and you investing in someone else, um, service and fellowship and prayer. All of those things are personal responsibilities for everyone who would claim Christ as savior as part of his church. That's good. I'd say in addition to that, that you can't accomplish any of those the way that Jesus wants us to, that God wants us to, unless you are in the church doing those things. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. I That's ran across good. an article, um, and he, I'll use this quote here. He, he says, ultimately the church exists to bring glory to his name through, he, he narrows it down to, to three, but I think that the five that he, he says through worship, discipleship and evangelism, uh, whether you replace evangelism with mission, add discipleship, fellowship, those things. The, the point is in this way and so many others, the local church is God's plan. It is the hope right. of the world. Yeah, Amen. that's good. Yeah, the, yeah. God's plan A is the church. There is no plan that's right. B. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, I think that covers it pretty well. Anybody have any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Be involved in the church. There this is my plea. <laughs> Be involved because, like Daniel said, there is no Lone Ranger Christianity. And your family is not the church. And your discipleship group is not the church. Come on. The yes. church is the gathered Hello. of believers. That's good. That's right. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Well, thanks for joining us for Coffee Rants and All Things Christian. Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send us questions at pbclc.com slash podcast. And don't forget to follow or subscribe depending on what your streaming service calls it. Also, please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time.